Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Tonight, we're so excited to have our friend Lacey from California to talk all about floral design. And if you know Lacey, you know it's going to be really good. But before we do that, Nikki has um, some information to share about how you can help with the tornado relief in Kentucky. Yeah, so our really good friends in Kentucky, um, Lewis Mink and Matt Whitaker, they're, they're fellow ag teachers. Uh, and um, they are Rock Castle FFA chapter, which is their FFA is, is joining other local FFA chapters in Kentucky to gather materials for other FFA members that were affected by the tornadoes. Um, so if you're not near them, um, you can Venmo them money, um, and they will utilize that money to buy like bottled water, um, gift cards to give to those kids as families to purchase the supplies that they need. Um, so the, the, the gift cards, if you're going to send, if you're local and you're going to send gift cards, they're asking for like $25 or less. Um, but if you Venmo, they'll distribute that money how they see fit. So um, th they're saying on their post that all donations will directly benefit FFA members and communities impacted by the recent tornadoes. So um, Matt's Venmo is at WMWHIT3. And he uh, his Venmo picture is a, a picture of his kids in a laundry basket. So if you see that, that's the legit one. Um, you can you can Venmo him money and just in the note, just put um, just put tornado relief. And if you want to put here by the owl podcast in there, um, then he'll know kind of where it's coming from. So um, if you can donate, um, we you know any amount helps. If you've been following the news, it's really devastating. Uh, if you can't um, donate money right now, that's okay. Uh, we'll be sharing the uh, the information on our personal pages. We'll also share it on here by the Owl podcast page. So just sharing it will be helpful too. Um, and so, uh, and maybe you're already involved in some way, shape, or form. So just get involved in you know have your FFA members or you yourself help out these kids. Um, during during this tough time, um, I can't imagine right before Christmas um, how this could be stressful for everybody. So um, we're really excited that even though we're really far away, we get to we get to help out Rock Castle FFA make an impact in Kentucky. So um, please, if you can help, um, do so. So we're going to kick it over to Lacey. Um, Lacey's going to talk all things floral tonight. And if you follow her on social media, you see all the beautiful creations that her and her kids do. So Lacey, start off by introducing yourself and kind of talking about where you teach and um, kind of your teaching history and what your school looks like. Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. 
I love floral designs, so I like to talk about it any chance I can, especially if it helps uh, future ag teachers or ones that are just wanting to implement floral into their program, because I like to share and make it easier. Um, it can be an intimidating subject, but if you get the right tools to get you rolling, it is one of the most rewarding, I think, because kids get hands-on and they get to see pride in their work immediately. It's just a really cool way to pull community in, make money, have kids involved. So, so I teach at uh, Red Bluff High School, which is in Northern California. We're a small, rural, um, really ag community. Uh, and our, our whole program, our whole FFA is about 450 kids, which is about a third of the school. And I, in particular, have about 150 students. A majority of what I teach is floral design. I also teach a soil chemistry course. Uh, so that's really fun. Um, my goal is to eventually grow our own flowers and have my soil chemistry manage that. And then, of course, use them in arrangements. So we're working on getting a new greenhouse. So we're getting there a little bit at a time. I've been teaching for 11 years total. Seven of those have been floral design. Uh, but I started way back in high school with my own work experience program at a floral shop. So I, um, you know, I had the privilege of being able to do it back then. And that's what kind of ignited it for me as another FFA program, opening those doors for me. And uh, I didn't know that was going to be in my future, but I'm sure glad I did because I got some really good foundational skills. I think that I have a cool option here in, in California to teach all floral. I don't think that other states do that necessarily. And so I would just want to encourage people, if you have a plant science or a horticulture class, this is such a great chance to squeeze in a different type of lesson and make a lot of money. You know, plant sales are typically pretty good just a couple times a year. Floral sales are all the time. And so even if you just tried uh, one in the fall semester and one in the spring, it can be such a huge money maker. So I encourage people to just, you know, try to do it. There's always a few kids that stand out and they want to take over and be the leaders on that. And there's so many YouTube videos. So uh, I don't know how to do everything, but what I do know is that it's fun to explore. So when we have pockets of time, I say, what do you guys want to learn? They tell me, I find some YouTube videos, I get a bunch of materials and we just play around until we master it. So I don't try to master things when the pressure is happening. You don't do that to yourself. Uh, you got to do it when there's downtime and then it's just fun and exploratory for the kids. So uh, don't be afraid to try things. Just don't wait until you're under the gun, I guess. <laughs> um, so as far as my program goes, my pathway, uh, I don't take freshmen into my classes. We want them to take um, uh, ag earth or ag bio with one of our other ag teachers and give them that foundation and FFA kind of deep FFA background before they take me. Um, then kids can take me as a sophomore in intro to floral design. And then we have an advanced floral design pathway. And then I am in my third year of having an advanced floral community class. And so I have kids that are placed into the community working at floral shops. Um, and then I also have some that run mine. There's not every kid can drive to a floral shop every day. And so there's some that can apply to actually run my little floral shop at the school. So uh, yeah, so it's a cool three-year pathway that kids just love and keep coming back for more. So I think it's impactful for them. Um, let's see, what types of arrangements and themes do you do? Um, we do everything. I, like I said, I, I like a challenge. I don't want my customers to ever see the same arrangement. I design all of my own arrangements. I don't use recipes. Um, I like the creative part of that. I encourage the kids to do it. I make them for a monthly subscription is how we make most of our money. 
I make them do an assignment. I teach them how to price things out, do budgets. I think that's really important for them to understand, not just for floral, but for life. They need to be able to budget, right? So they have to have a creative assignment, but, uh, but they all come from me. So um, we theme them around holidays or when people call and want something. We have a name for ourselves in the community now. So people just come to us all the time. That's kind of where it all comes from. <laughs> What are some examples maybe of the the monthly subscription ones that you've done in the past? Like obviously the holidays, but if you're on a month that there isn't a holiday, how do you kind of do it around that? Yeah. So I think April or March is a good example of that. So, um, well, that's not a good example because St. Patty's Day is what I normally do in March. But in April, um, I kind of do a little bit Easter themed. Um, some months I don't feel like doing that some years. And so I'll pick up the Pantone color of the year. Uh, it's a purple again. So maybe we'll do a monochromatic purple or something to pull in the color wheel color theory. So I try to pull in every month. I try to do different ID for the kids. I think that they memorize it a lot better if they can see them in person. I try to do different techniques every month, different shapes of arrangements every month. Um, you know, cause that's how you learn it's doing the hands on yeah. The kids can learn it in paper, but it's so much more fun when you do it. Okay, so walk me through, let's say it's Valentine's Day, right? And you're probably, that it's that month, right? And so (laughs) you're probably doing a Valentine's Day themed arrangement. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you pull in the the teaching part of it? Because I just think like, Mm -hmm. as an ag teacher, it's, it is easy to get wrapped up and like, let's just get this done. And Mm -hmm. we forget about taking the time to you know you mentioned like identification of plants and structure and Mm -hmm. color theory so how do you when you're working with your arrangements and your your monthly themes how do you make sure you take time to build in assessments so the cool part about my schedule is that we have uh, short lecture days three days a week and we have a lab one day a week and that naturally sets up for two days of teaching for me getting them warmed up then we do the hands-on lab and then I always make um, Friday be a reflection piece. And so I make all my kids do blogs in my class and then they have to evaluate their work. Um, I have a template, which I'm going to share that with people if they want. Um, as an early floral teacher, uh, my first year I was really good at designing. I was, I'm, a, I'm a really good florist, but explaining it to the kids <laughs> was really hard. And then having them do what you're saying, learning. And so I had a really cool um, mentor teacher come in and she's an English teacher and she helped me build a blog rubric to really help them write, have some really good writing in my classes because at the time our school was all about um, common core writing and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, the kids hate it, but it's a good chance for them to reflect on their steps. I make them talk about the materials I need and I make them talk about, uh, what new techniques that they learned. Um, they have to critique their work. They have to, um, price it out and make them do retail estimate sheets afterwards. Um, so yeah, I think that my schedule really allows for that, um, to introduce the idea, um, to talk about it and, and do all the ID stuff before and they do the arrangement and then they reflect and they do the pricing. Sometimes I do pricing before too, but it just depends on our crazy lives as ag teachers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I do a build up learning before we do the hands-on and then they always have to reflect after and tell me what they learned and what they would have done differently in their arrangement. And they have to score themselves and they have to do peer scoring after the lab. 
yeah. So that's how I do it. Um, it is, it is hard when we get back to back events, especially in my dance floral, because there's not a lot of time for slowing down and reflecting, but, um, you got to stop yourself. And that's hard for me because I like a challenge and I like to say yes to the events, but then I have to remember we are not a full-time floral shop. We are a teaching facility as much as the kids like it. We have to slow down a little bit and, um, catch up. And so, you know, you're the boss. You gotta, you gotta slow it down as fun as it is to go back to back to back. I catch myself getting caught up and then you just have to stop it, say, no, it's time for us to do a little learning in between. So, yeah. How do you go about pricing out your arrangements? Like what size are they compared to how much people are, are paying mm -hmm. and maybe how much you, you got the materials for? Mm -hmm. So industry standard for the floral industry is to mark up your um, fresh material three times and your hard goods two times. So when I'm teaching it to the kids, we definitely price that out. Um, as far as actually charging that much, we don't because I am a teaching facility. Uh, we can't legally make money during the school day. Um, so I have a lot of kids come after school to complete weddings and funerals and things. And that's where we make a little more money. Um, during the school day, the majority of my kids uh, are involved in a monthly subscription. And I've seen so many people do it so many different ways. And I've changed it over the years how I do it. Uh, so you have to just figure out what's comfortable for you. But I have the kids sell them per semester. Um, it helps break the big chunk of money up. Uh, I used to sell them for 25 a month, but because of COVID, uh, we are, we had to increase prices because obviously just like everything else, um, costs have gone up and I want to make sure I'm a good business manager for these kiddos. So we sell them at $30 a month. Um, if people want to set up on a payment plan, that's totally fine. The points for kids to get hands-on and uh, I'm a crazy person and I sell one-to-one. -one. And so we make anywhere from 100 to 125 each month. So um, it's overwhelming for the kids and me the first two months. But then after that, they really start to get fast and independent. And, um, you know, for me, the priority is kids learning how to be a really fast, good designer. So I know some programs will pair kids up, not sell so many. And that's fine. That works for them as well. So. Um, yeah. Awesome. I, before we move on, I know you have some really cool, um, floral design activities to share, but I'm curious, what is the most unique arrangement that either you have done or your kids have done? I, man, there's some cool ones that we've done. Um, I think that for my favorite personal one that I have done in my time, I got asked to do a piece. Hold on a second. Sorry. I got to ask to do a piece Fine. for an art gallery, which I've, I've never been asked to do before. This was special in itself. And I got to do um, the entrance piece, which was super special for me. And so I was challenged to do a large scale. And that's what I really like to do. It's super challenging and hard, which I like. And I ended up doing a giant... Um, 20 foot long garland on uh, one of those female models that they have in store. So that was really fun. I recruited two of my graduates to come in the first day of summer and we knocked it out. It took us 10 hours. So I think, that oh my was probably, gosh. Yeah, that's my personal coolest. Um, as far as the kids go, we got hired to do a wedding from someone I know that is a chef and she wanted all of her arrangements to be edible. So this was a really unique challenge for me. Uh, so I ended up going to the grocery store 
and I spent about $200 and we bought, I bought everything and we just played. I, I broke the kids up into groups. I said, you guys are corsage, your boutonniere, your bridal bouquet, your flower crowns just create. I need you to tell me what happens. They were like, she's lost it. (laughs) And uh, now that's one of the labs I just do for fun because cool stuff came out. So you know, we had to see what will, how so long do they cool. hold up for? What do we have to do with them? Are they going to look funky the next day? So again, I did this before the wedding. You got to play around before the pressure's on. What and a cool, like, agri-science fair project that can come out of these. Like, just, mm-hmm. I mean, the edible side, even just talking about flower and preservation. And I think that would be really cool um, to yes. talk about. The fact that everything was edible, that's unreal. I will say I had to convince her to let me use Queen Anne's lace. I just needed some white to break up all the greens. And uh, that was the only unedible thing. The rest was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So maybe I'll try to share some of those pictures. I'll write. Oh my God. I would love, I would seriously love to see them. It was cool. That's so so cool. Okay. So chat about, I have one more question before we move on. What if, um, what if you know you have the option of having all these live flowers right and you have access but what -hmm. if there's a teacher that can't get access to to live flowers all of the time maybe budget constraints location to floral shops etc i mean the list goes on what's Mm -hmm. your what's your tips tricks advice for those teachers who want to be teaching arrangements but they don't have access to flowers all the time. Is there Absolutely. a trick? Yes, there's lots of tricks. Um, you just need to be creative. I can't tell you how many people want to donate silk flowers to me. First of all, local churches, Masonic lodges, Rotary. So if you just put it out to com- your community, they will dig out so many silks to you. And my rule, because I do a lot of practice labs with my advanced floral because we do huge pieces um, so I can't afford that all the time. So we, we use silks a lot in our practice labs. And so the rule is they just can't cut the ends. They need to leave them long. And then we could use them for casket saddle pieces. We can use them for bridal bouquets and archways. So you can absolutely use silks. Don't be afraid of doing that. Um, you know, there's a whole market out there for silk flowers. If you look on Etsy, people pay a lot of money for permanent um, bouquets and stuff. So there's a whole market for that. So, you know, don't be ashamed to use that. I also teach using tissue paper and felt. I mean, there's just so many spaces for that as well. I mean, like I said, you, I teach, um, edible arrangements where I go down to the store and I get a bunch of fruits. That's one of the first things the kids do. And, uh, they're not flowers, but they're still learning design principles of balance, symmetry, all those things. And um, it's one of my first introductory labs because they haven't passed their safety exam yet and they haven't learned how to use the tools. So they still can use cookie cutters and make an edible arrangement, right? So um, just think outside of the box. There's a lot you can do with ribbon and it goes on and on. The other thing I encourage people to do is partner with a local funeral home. Um, we do that and I've seen a lot of other floral programs do that. And they people typically would love to donate those big pieces to your program. And they're a little bit old, but man, you can do so many things with those giant arrangements. So I encourage you to meet with, um, you know, if there's a local funeral home and see if you can pair up with them. The other thing is places like Safeway, if you communicate with them, they will give you their throwaway flowers. 
again, we're just talking about practicing boutonnieres and flower crowns. They may not be pretty, but there's so many flowers that places throw out. So, you know, Walmart, whatever it is, just reach out. They want to uh, support you. You won't get brand new, beautiful flowers, but there is plenty out there to practice on. So um, there's no rules really for floral. You can use anything. I mean, people design cool stuff with plants too. So um, dried materials. I have people who want to donate um, grapevines. So I'm like, go for it. Let's make some wreaths. Like reach out to community too. So what they have, I know there's a lot of people in garden clubs that love to donate their roses certain times of the year. Um, I have somebody in town that grows lavender who loves to donate that sometimes. So it does not have to come out of your budget every time by any means. So, and don't be afraid to play with all kinds of materials besides fresh. I make kids because I think it's good for them to get comfortable with all types of mediums. So, yeah. I'm curious too, have you ever used like the wood flowers just because those are becoming more and more popular now too? I haven't. Probably the weirdest request we ever got was for a wedding and she wanted camo roses. And I said, well, okay, let me get back to you. And so I said, of course we can do ribbon around your bouquets. Um, and you know, my advanced floral hit it. We researched, we found a way to make ribbon roses. So we made a mixture of, um, ribbon camo roses in with fresh white ones and a bunch of greenery and actually ended up being kind of cool. The lady was off the charts, excited about it. And so now I teach ribbon roses in my intro for fun after we learn ribbon sizes. So, um, I think all the weird requests lead to cool things. I haven't done the wood ones yet just cause I haven't had any requests for them and they're a little bit pricey, but there's a whole space for that. So if you wanted to become an expert at that, I just could probably sell them in your program. I think there's a good spot for it. I love that if, if no one takes anything away from this, but the fact that, I mean, so many things that you teach have come from like industry. I mean, like people coming to you saying, this is what we want. And it's just trial and error. I think that's so like, that's so real world. And I think it's powerful for kids to see you as an instructor saying, I don't know, let's mm -hmm. figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I, that's my favorite part about learning um, mm -hmm. with kids, but okay. Yes. We've, yes. We, we need to get onto the part that, you know, I've been ignoring here because I could keep asking all kinds of questions, but um, <laughs> you are going to highlight. So everybody listening, Lacey's going to highlight like two to three floral activities that you can do in your classroom. Um, so get your pen and paper uh, and she's got a ton of stuff to share. So if, if, when you're not driving and listening, check out um, the, the show notes, cause she's got a lot to share. So um, let's start with activity number one. Okay. So if you're not teaching at all, you're long like me, or if you're brand spanking new to this, um, it's really important that you are going to introduce wiring and taping and introduce it very well. So I'm going to share over my stuff that I have. There's so many good YouTube videos and I have some links in mine and I make kids practice it so much because if, like I tell them, if a bride is at her wedding day and the boutonnieres fall apart or corsages, you've just ruined that person's day. So wiring taping is just super important mechanics. Um, so I make them practice so very much. So that's the very, very first, first thing that you have got to master with the kids. Okay. And so obviously, um, key, I skill, I mean, I, I don't care how in depth you're going. Like, I feel like that's fundamental, like dribbling a basketball. Um, how do you implement this 
lesson in your classroom? I mean, you said practice. Any other uh, tips? Yes. So uh, I have the kids make, it's literally first week of school. So they don't know each other very well and they don't know anything about my class and my process. So this is my first lab. I have them make tissue paper flowers using tissue paper and pipe cleaners or chenille stems, what they call them in floral land. And it's all from the Dollar Tree. I do not go crazy on this. Um, and they have to make five of them and they have to tape the, the pipe cleaners individually on the stems. And I get bright colored pipe cleaners so I can see how good of a tape job they did or not. And then they have to put them all together as a bouquet. And it's really hard to do because the pipe cleaner is super floppy it's excellent practice for taping. I've seen Hershey kiss roses out there for practicing. Um, I save that for Valentine's day later in the year. This is a little fun wrap up. Um, and then after that, they make um, flower pencils. I let them keep one for themselves and then they make a note to put in the teacher boxes. So that's a good little kickoff to the school year for them to give back to teachers and practice. Again, I get all of the flowers, the silk flowers from the Dollar Tree and I get all the pencils from Dollar Tree. So pretty good. So I do that first. Then we move into wiring and um, there's six different wiring techniques that I teach. It's just out of my floral textbook um, in case I don't make this stuff up. It's literally in the floral textbook, but uh, I order different materials to teach them the six different types of wiring. And so then they have to just um, do it and tape it, not floral tape, but clear tape it onto a piece of paper um, so I can see what they do. Um, and then we put those skills together with a boutonniere lab because they have to wire and tape that. So um, those kind of lead in. That's the really beginning of the school year, the first couple weeks there. Of course, um, after the tissue paper lab, I do the edible arrangements, but then we move into the other stuff. So yeah, so that's kind of how I kick that off. I do like to use fresh material for the wiring. I want them to really feel like what it's like to pierce through a rose head. They need to um, see what that's like. So. Yeah. And that's what you do in your like first year floral class mm -hmm. or do you do that in all kid. of your classes? No, I do that in my first year classes. Okay. Yeah. And yep. then can I ask you what textbook you use? Just because I don't teach any floral design and I would love to. So yeah. so I can't even tell you because honestly, the only time they open it is when there's a sub. <laughs> I will share that with everybody though, but yeah, I only do it with subs and, um, I pride myself in that because I want them to take me because it's a live show <laughs> coming out of Toronto here, you know? Uh, but if you're a new floral teacher, you should have some books because you need to read the foundations. You need to look at the foundations. Right. And I have a couple visuals I'll photocopy out of there. Um, so do not feel bad. If you start with a floral textbook, you should be, you need that reference and it's good to have. So I will share that. I can't even think about what it's called right now, but, um, yeah. It, and it, <laughs> like those textbooks provide like a good resource for you as a teacher. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't have to yeah. pass them out to your kids, but I mean, if you're yeah. developing labs and, um, that's the whole point is that, yeah. you know, to use those, um, yes. yeah, just a picture you of those. When you're starting. Oh, you know, when I started yes. soil chemistry, I was like, what is this? It's another language. And I'm like, in the textbook, in the textbook. Well, and I don't care how, yeah, I don't care how long yeah. you've been teaching. You can be teaching for 20 years. And if you're trying to teach a new lesson or yes. add a new class, like they're there for a reason. So, um, well, and listen, 
teenagers get a little cocky and sassy too sometimes and they're like no nah, i'm external i was like that's it i'm getting the textbook so i pull that thing out too just to put teenagers in their place sometimes so. there you go again <laughs> floral activities and classroom management strategies all in one <laughs> Okay, so we got the wrapping, the the different wire techniques. What's your next what's your next activity you have to share with us? Okay, so then we go into uh, bow making. I teach a couple types of bow making and I spend way too long on it. But again, we're looking for mastery, mastery, mastery that first semester. I go really slow and we just practice till they're excellent. And then I tell them for the rest of their life, they're going to have the best Christmas presents under the tree. And they do, they get so proud after the holidays. They're like, look at my gift, I did. Um, so that's kind of fun. But yeah, so I teach bows and then corsages. Those go together, bow making so, and, and corsages. So how do you implement this in your, like walk us through how that looks like in your classroom. Mm -hmm. Like you did mention earlier, like ribbon sizes. So I'm assuming yep. you're talking about that. Yep. And then how do you, how do you help them master this? Like it, yes. it's hard. Well, and I forgot I introduced prior to that, the wire sizes too. And I pass them around and I make them draw it and label it and they touch them. You know, there's a whole thing. So same thing with the bows. I get all of my ribbon out and I make, and we talk about ribbon uses and ribbon sizes. And we talk about all that. They do a little mini set of notes and then I make them go and they cut little like two inch sections of each size and they tape it on cardstock and I make them number it. And then I teach them how to memorize it based on the width of your fingers. And that's what we do with my floral team too. So I say, you're going to memorize it by, you know, um, four fingers, almost a little bit bigger than four fingers is a number 40. Right. So um, I just try to get them to learn based on, I do a lot of teaching through this, like the length of my hand or the, from your elbow to your fingers. So I try to teach them a lot, not using a ruler because I want them to be able to do it just independently. So, so yeah, I teach them the sizes and the uses. And then I teach them how to make a bow um like one that would go on the front of a bouquet first. is there like a I'm very nice I don't know is That's there a name yeah. for the a normal bow like you know what I'm saying is there a they're special just, name uh, okay <laughs> like there's there's bows for vase for vases is what I like to teach um and then they'll do a they'll I'll squeeze in a bud vase shortly after all this which that's one of the next things but um yeah I'll teach them how to do um just a bow that you would put in front of a plant which that's why this is really good because if you're teaching horticulture you should still be doing speed covers and decorating it a little bit with a bow right so this is a great skill even if you teach horticulture plant science to dress up your stuff in your greenhouse people will buy it more right if it's fancier and, and it's the same kind of bow and you put it on a wooden wired pick and you stick it down in there um same thing you put it in a vase so I teach that um, and then once they've mastered that, it's on a, on a double-sided ribbon, the single-sided I teach next. That's really hard because you have to twist it and flip the pattern. So we spend a lot on bow making, but again, it's a foundational skill. If a corsage explodes in the middle of a prom because we did not do the bow correctly, it's embarrassing for me and for our name as our shop, right? I tell the kids you're carrying on here as Red Bluff High's floral shop. Um, so we spend a lot of time on that. It's like a whole 90 minute lab just doing bow making. Uh, and then I tell them at the end of the lab, I'm, you're going to come up to me and I'm going to pull the tail. And if it explodes, you immediately get it, you fail and they freak out. <laughs> but then they practice tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. And then everybody's fine. And I don't really fail people, but I do like to threaten that <laughs> because a really good bow shouldn't slip. The wiring job should be done correctly. So, 
Yeah, well, it's important. It's so important to talk about the basics. I mean, just like we would in any other subject area, you know, if you're teaching shop stuff, obviously you need to know the basics of what are the tools and how to use them and safety before you get started with that. Absolutely. So yeah, before they can even start, we go over safety a whole week and they go the basic hand tools. And then semester two, we do way depth into the rest of the tools and the whole first semester, every single Monday, we do five new flower ID. So, I mean, I'm really breaking it down into little chunks. You know, people, if you're teaching floral, you're not going to jump in and start teaching bridal bouquets to your intro kids. They don't get that until my second year with me. That's too much for them. They have to master all these little basic things, right, to get the foundations down. So, yeah. So, go slow. It's okay. Um, it's okay to go slow. Don't let it rush. I make the kids do bow making to other hand cramps, and I tell them the rest and do it another 15 times. <laughs> Kids want to rush through stuff, but it's like, you guys, uh, if you're going to be a florist or anything in life, you need to be good at it and you're good by practicing. And we are only doing bows this week. So they're like, well, well we saw, you know, it's like, well, you're going to have to wait for the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be in your class. Um, you have another <laughs> activity for us, right? Yep. So from bow making to corsages, that's all kind of flowing into one. Um, and I'll just say that the floral industry is short on glue. So I have gone back to old school wiring and taping, um, you know, so you got to be flexible. Don't stick with your same stuff just because, I mean, the florist world is out of glue, so you might as well roll with it. So I think it's good that we why what happened in industry. Why, why are we out of glue? I, I think it's stuck in the middle of the ocean on a ship. Oh, okay. But it really does. <laughs> awesome. There's a, there's a Oasis foam shortage right now too. So people are having to get creative with chicken wire and all kinds of stuff. So, um, okay. And then the third one, I'm going to kind of cheat and say, I would either have suggest you guys teach a bud base just to teach height and proportion and balance and things like that with your very first, uh, little arrangement. And what I like to do is the kids make them and we have a set of bud bases that get recycled around. We deliver them to all the teachers and then uh, put a note on them asking for the vase back. So it's really inexpensive. It's like $2 for each arrangement for the teachers. And uh, we cover the cost, but in the beginning, I convinced the school to, when I first started and had no money, I convinced the school to give me a budget or CTA, you know, something. Uh, but now we cover it because we can, and I like to do that. But um, that's a really cool way of getting your name out there that you do have a floral program is doing little goodies for the teachers. So. Uh, or, or the other thing that I like to introduce somewhere after that is flower crowns and that's tons and tons of taping. So that's a really, really, really good way of finishing off teaching taping if you wanted to go that direction with it. So I think those are all really important basic ones to do your first year. If you're just going to have time for a few, if you were to pop it into a plant or horticulture class, I know a lot of teachers out there mostly teach that. I would say those activities, you could easily pop in and out through the year and the kids would really enjoy all of them and it's fairly inexpensive um i think that the lessons that i have for all those are pretty inexpensive i think that the flower crown i even just usually do a greenery and a filler you don't need focals so unless you want to well awesome so for those that don't have you know they've never done any any floral arranging before they want to get started where can we access resources? Um, maybe the resources that you use or some good ones to get started. Well, I was going to share a startup list 
uh, with you guys that was given to me. It's a huge overwhelming list though. So I don't think that that's a great thing if you're just going to be at the very beginning and you're not going to teach a full floral design. Um, so I will say, I suggest starting out with just a class set of um, shears. You need some good shears because obviously you have some real woody items you'll be cutting probably. I'm assuming you're going to do tree trimmings and stuff. So you need to get a good set of shears. You can get them from Amazon, um, but you're going to get better prices through a wholesale vendor um, that's local in, in your area. So, but if you just need to get rolling, there's nothing wrong with Amazon. And then you need probably a class set of, of scissors for ribbon cutting. And then you need a class set of wire cutters. I think that's important. And then um, you need like unlimited floral tape because the kids burn through it more than I've ever seen. <laughs> and all that stuff you can get on Amazon if you're kind of unsure about where to get vendors and get the wholesale pricing. I know that takes a little while. So all of it's on Amazon. Um, and then the wire as well. You also will want to get some wire if you're going to be doing these activities, I said. So, um, yeah, I think you just need a class set of tools. I've done the pencil boxes with numbers. I've done the um, table, the table tote, you know, and the, that table has the sets now because of COVID. And I think I'll always keep this. All of my advanced kids have their own um, toolkits and little pencil boxes with really nice tools. And all of my intro kids got um, cheaper sets of everything off Amazon and they just have a Ziploc bag with their name on it. And so they get to check it out for the school year. I find that a lot easier. They take way better care of them when they have their own. I was going to say, it's a lot of yeah, it's so different than, you know, if you're teaching small engines and they get their own toolbox with supplies. I mean, this is the same concept and mm -hmm. um yeah, if they have their own and they know that they're stuck with them, they're gonna, they're gonna make sure they take care of them. And if something goes wrong, they're gonna tell you right away. Like because yes, and I tell them what it costs them. It's in the syllabus we go over. It's like it's ten bucks, and if it doesn't come back to me, I charge your ASB account. So yeah, no, that's no. I mean, average cost. So if we were if we're talking like I'm gonna do the the sheer basics, you know, like you said ribbon sizes, taping, um, wire sizes, and a few, you know, getting kind of like the basic tools. Do you have a, an estimate to kind of cost that would be for a program? Gosh, I, I would have to really look, but I, it depends on your class sizes. You know, I've got right 25 to 30 in mine. So that's a lot, but if you had smaller class sizes, you get away with less tools. And uh, wire cutters, they can share in pairs. I mean, they'll all need a set of that. I would suggest all kids having shears, but I bet you could get away with three to 500 bucks with all yeah. of the stuff I talked about. And all of, all of the tools are just one kind cost. So you can use your Perkins funding because that's going to stay around. They mm -hmm. don't go, you know, same with the bud vases. When I was first starting off and had no money, I convinced them to let me buy several sets of vases because they're going to return to me. And so with the subscriptions, that was the deal. You buy the subscription, but not the container. And so they would come back to me and I was able to use Perkins funding for that. And that helped me out a lot. So you kind of get a little tricky with your funding and where you can get it from. But um, I don't know what it's called in other states. Is it called Perkins? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Anyways. Well, there's you know, probably grant funding out there, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, depending on like think about how this could be spun as a community service so maybe you can do a living national FFA living to serve grant Absolutely. to get some supplies yeah, to do some 
not that I'm promoting Walmart, but uh, in, when I first started, every month they give away $250 little mini grants just right there. You just fill out one piece of paper and turn it in every month. Tell them what it's for. And I, I did that at the beginning and it helped me get a lot yeah. of this stuff. So yeah, there's tons of little local ones. Your garden club, every, I've taught three different cities, three different ag teaching jobs, and they always have a garden club of little old ladies that cannot wait to come help. And they want to sponsor you. So you need to find those little old ladies and they will bring you ribbon. They want to come teach. They would love to teach and uh, they want to sponsor you. So if you need shears, you go find the garden club because they will buy them for you. I can guarantee it. So yeah, there are people that are ready and willing to help you. And if you're creative and do like a community learn night where the people get to come in and make their own arrangement. Yes. Yeah. You got some materials up front, but you could make some serious money. And if you say like the money earned from this event will go to purchasing equipment for floral, yes. like they'll yes. eat that up. People love it. I mean, it's such a win win. And I know you got to have confidence and there's a lot of pre-planning if you're going to be doing, I do a lab a week. It's a lot of planning. Uh, but it's such a win-win. Like I said, the community loves getting my arrangements. I have to cap it. It's like piranhas, you know, people are mad that I said no more on Christmas. They love it. Right. It's How many, what's your, tip. what's your cap? One Okay. But, and it's because of COVID, like, I don't know how many kids are going to be there or not. They may get quarantined. So I, I have to cap it. Um, but yeah, the, the people get a $30 monthly arrangement. And when we price it out, this one's going to be like an $80 arrangement, right? But we're going to make like five, $6 off of it, which isn't much, but per kid it is, right? That goes back to the kid's little um, ASBA account. The kids get excellent one-on-one -on -one designing and we have fun, you know? And yeah. so it's just such a win-win. Um, these well, monthlies are. And if you're small, maybe you, maybe it's only five arrangements and maybe you yes, only open absolutely. it up to your teachers, you know, within absolutely. your building. Yep. When I first did this, I let kids sell one each and there was only 18 kids in one section. That's all I had. And that felt overwhelming to me. And I remember these floral teachers being like, we, we move 30 to $40,000 through our account. And I'm like, what, what? And now I'm doing that, but I get it. You have to start small. You need to start small. You got to figure it out. What works for you? You know, yeah. I offered delivery that first year and that was the worst decision I've ever made. So you need to figure out what works for you. <laughs> so don't offer delivery, make the kids deliver it. But, um, you know, now I let kids go gung-ho because I want to get to the 120 mark. So I make my advanced kids typically do two and the intro do one. And then if there's leftovers, um, my third year kids have to finish cleanup shop. They do all of it. So they're my cleanup crew. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, um, highlight a few of the resources that you're sharing with us to put in um, the show notes for all our friends listening. Perfect. So I was going to do the full startup list of tools. And I only recommend that if you're truly going to teach a full pathway, don't go ham and spend, cause it'll be like two, three grand, the list I'm giving. But if you're really wanting to start an intro and advanced pathway and you really want to teach it all. Um, so that'll be the list that I'm going to send over to you. It helped me it overwhelmed me, but it helped me. And it took me about three years to acquire all of that. I'm also going to send over a generic grading rubric. When I first started teaching it, every lab I did, I had a different rubric for, and it was like, I was constantly going to the copy machine room. Don't do that. I made a generic one and the kids felt the lab and all it goes for all of them. 
you know, is it marketable? Is it well-balanced and proportionate? You know, what would you grade, grade yourself? So you feel free to edit it how you want, but that's what works for me. Um, I also am going to send over my blog rubric. So I have a real easy template to be able to grade. I actually have the kids grade each other, but then of course I look at it um, just because I'm not an English teacher and I want to save time. So rubrics are good. Uh, the other thing I was going to share was my monthly subscription form. Um, I've edited it every single year that I've taught it, um, but I think it's good to start somewhere. That's just such an opportunity to make money. Even if you do one in December, right? And then one in the spring, pre-sell them. That's the way to go. You don't want to collect money the day of. That's too crazy. So I'm um, in the kids. I just, I make a million copies and I hand them to every kid and then they go for it. Um, and then I was going to pull together whatever I have on the wiring and taping, the bow making and corsages, and then um, the bud base. So I'll try to send those little lessons over because I just think those are really um, basic, but really important intro labs if you're going to pop it just into a horticulture curriculum. So that I just want to join your class. I think if I could be in class, we have so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, if you are ever teaching like a teacher PD, I'm all in. Like I'm, I'll come down. I'm in too. Where are we doing it at? I What's don't care. State? Let's do it. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, how cool would that be to have like a summertime mm -hmm. teacher PD where you just, I don't know, this has got to happen. So if anybody's listening that has a ton of money, you want to impact teachers we got our we lacy will teach it we'll get the need, people to come yeah just fly me and give me a hotel you don't have to pay me i just need a free trip i'll go there, i'm in there you go <laughs> so anybody listening with money um we would love to help you spend your money um right. so those of you listening thank you um uh, for being here check out the show notes um for all the great resources that uh lacy has shared with us lacy again thanks for being here um make sure you like here by the owl podcast on facebook and instagram um and check out our posts on here by the owl we did post information for you to uh send money to our friends in kentucky uh to help people that were affected by the tornadoes um and as always if you have a future topic idea or you just want to be a guest on the show and hang out with us uh please reach out to us on social media <laughs>